Hello and welcome to the Future is Bilingual podcast. My name is Heather. This episode is coming out right before Valentine's Day. And in celebration, we wanted to bring you terms of endearment from different languages across the world. This episode is just for fun and it's not serious, but we do sincerely apologize for any mispronunciations or misrepresentations of different terms. So please take it with a grain of salt and we hope that you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Future is Bilingual podcast. My name is Heather, and today we're going to talk about terms of endearment. And I didn't want to make a fool of myself all by myself, so I've invited my co-host, Marcin, here with me today. Hi, everyone. Yes, I, my main task today is to make a fool of myself. With me, <laughs> to make me feel better. <laughs> so uh, Valentine's Day is coming up, and we thought this would be a good topic and an interesting topic because languages use terms of endearment very differently. So we should preface this whole entire episode by saying we're going to mention languages that we don't speak (laughs) at all. And Uh, more even to increase the difficulty, some languages that we don't hear at all, like haven't heard uh, at all uh, and only have seen in print. Exactly. So we apologize in advance if we have uh, misinterpreted or mispronounced anything that we are going to say today. I did put out a request on Instagram if anyone wanted to uh, record themselves saying some terms of endearment and send them in to me. So hopefully we'll include some of those. But of course, there's still going to be examples where we're going to be giving the example. And if we've said it wrong, we apologize. Okay. Uh, So the first language that I want to talk about is Japanese. And this is because I put out a request to the Polyglot Conference Forum, which is still up. Uh, they helped us with the last time we recorded. What did we record about? <laughs> Cognates and false friends. That's right. So I went back to that same group of people because they helped us out a lot. And I said, give me terms of endearment in your language or any language you speak. And Takashi was the first one to respond. He's Japanese. He wrote to us in perfect Polish. And I didn't even realize till after I was like, oh, <laughs> he wrote that in Polish. <laughs> Um, But of course, I shouldn't be surprised. It is the polyglot conference. But his response was that they don't have these words in Japanese. And that was just like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So he said, we just call our partner by their name. Uh, And that was kind of interesting. That uh, intrigued me. So I did a little bit more research and I found someone that gave a longer example. So this is Kosuke uh, Kawaguchi, just some random person on the internet, but I want to give him credit. Uh, so he just gave the example of somebody named Natsuko Yamamoto. Um, so if he went, if he met her, he would use her last name. Um, so Yamamoto-san, using the the san to show respect, which would then maybe, uh, as he got closer, if he was a school friend with her, he could say uh, Yamachan. So that's a more informal suffix. Then if they got even closer, he could go to her first name. Um, Natsuko-san, still with the san. And then the final step, if they got, um, if they became really good friends, would be to use a cuter name like Nachi. Um, So I thought that was just an an interesting example because it's so different from how we even address people in English to begin with. We don't have this, we don't use Mr. and Mrs. Um, Yeah. You know, you guys do in Polish still, uh, but not, I wouldn't say not among young, do young people ever say pan, pani? 
in a professional situation that that would happen but yeah not not in a schoolyard um but it was it was like e- even though polish is not polish is formal more formal than english but maybe mm-hmm. not as formal as japanese but it was still um quite an adjustment uh to yeah. adapt to especially like if teachers would say like yeah just call me by my first name oh and, yeah and you're like I, like it's weird it was, <laughs> yeah and and there are people who i still can if they're some Polish people who I still cannot call by their first name, even if I'm like an adult now, an mm-hmm. actual adult. Um, and I will still just say pan or pani and not mm-hmm. just use their name, even if they told me a million times to not use pan or pani. Yeah, it's ingrained in your <laughs> yeah. in your head. Um, and I this person also gave um, an example that which I, I found interesting. So um, you, if you were going to say like my love, like we would in English, he said, I'd come up with another name altogether. And like, they would have like a secret name for each other and they would only use it when they're alone so that like nobody else would hear the secret name. And I was like, whoa, this is like bringing it to another level. But it's, I like it. I really it. like that. Yeah, I really <laughs> like it too, that there's a that level of intimacy exactly. um, that you don't get if, if people are, um, you know, people, like we're much used to a much more open society where, you know, people are, um, displaying affection in public so there's such a big difference um if you have these special names just for each other that you only use in private Mm -hmm. and i think we often think about showing affection as like the physical like touching kissing hugging but i've never thought about it really with like the words we use but Mm. i I guess i have sometimes because in america you sometimes have people call you honey um and like it can be weird and kind of cringy yeah. like at the store they're like okay honey and you're like I don't even know you <laughs> so yeah I, I I it's always hard for me when people I obviously know they don't mean anything by it and you know it's it's not like I dwell on it for the rest of the day but it's it's still like yeah, why how did a this a little uncomfortable <laughs> yeah it's a, a slight cultural difference yeah so I wanted to start off kind of at one end of the spectrum with that example of a culture that really doesn't they don't use them <laughs> and if they do it's going to be like very private so it's yeah. not like common words that everybody says um and then the second point just before we got started um diminutives uh so things like ito ita in spanish you can just make a word sound cute and then in french you can kind of do it with like uh a and et but it's not as common i would say as saying like petit like Petit, I, I remember my my French teacher um, like gave me a really weird look when I asked her if if uh, a French couple if if it's like a Mr. Petit and would the mm-hmm. uh, wife say you know Madame Petite mm-hmm. and she was she looked at me weird like no why would you ever do that it's like well in Polish <laughs> they do <laughs> yeah so uh, as you guys know and if this is your first time listening maybe you don't but Martin and I um, Martin is a native Polish speaker and I'm married to a, a Polish speaker. So we're going to talk a lot about Polish. Mm-hmm. So excuse us if that's uh, boring. But I, as you'll we see, hope it's not. Yeah. no, we hope it's not. And Polish has a very rich system of doing diminutives. So yeah, so um, the diminutives in Polish are, are very interesting because you can just about create them on the spot and you can keep creating them uh, and just keep churning them out. So one interesting example of a, of a term of endearment in Polish um, is the word for frog, jaba, mm-hmm. but you normally wouldn't use it um, 
in that form, you would usually make it into diminutive. But then you can also be creative because you could say things like Żabko, Żabciu, Żabeczko, Żabenko, Żabuniu, Żabusiu. Um, and on the other end, end of the spectrum, you could make it augmentative and say Żabolu, which um, the, the first however many examples that was would be for uh, a woman. You would call mm -hmm. a woman like all these terms for a little frog. Could it be for uh, whereas, a kid too? I, I don't know that I've heard it used for kids. Java? As oh, much. I've heard my sister-in-law used it with her little baby, but it was a girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess Stop you can. Yeah, you can. You probably could for a boy too. Mm -hmm. um, I guess because I haven't, it's not in on my radar. Mm -hmm. um, but what's interesting is that the the augmentative, the jabolu, it it sounds so much like, you know, brzidolu or brzidalu, which means like. <laughs> calling somebody ugly, uh, mm -hmm. but but it can be used for, for a man. Um, and perhaps because the frog turns into the prince or maybe um, mm -hmm. in the stereotypical way, like the man doesn't have to be like so pretty, quote unquote. Oh. Um, so you could say, jabolu. Um, but yeah. yeah, so yeah, you could make them diminutive and augmentative and there are so many examples of that. Mm -hmm. And I see that I'm missing some of my notes, but um, I did find while I was researching that Portuguese, which I don't speak, but they have an augmentative. And I remember reading about it. It was like, you can make your, like the word friend, I think they used like, you can make it cute, but then you can also make it like big friend, which means like, you know, I care about you more, like you're my big friend. Oh, interesting. And yeah, somehow these notes didn't make it <laughs> into the arm. Into um, the final form. The final draft. So I apologize. Um, I wouldn't have pronounced it correctly anyway, but Portuguese speakers know what I'm talking about. If you're learning Portuguese, <laughs> look up the augmentative because I've never heard of that idea of like making something seem bigger. We usually talk about diminutives, making it seem cute and small. Um, mm -hmm. So that was something new that I learned. And also I want to talk about English because English can vary from country to country. We're speaking with you know the American accent so we really know only those terms and this is not we're not going to teach you all the American terms of endearment no and I wouldn't I, I'd run out very quickly yeah of, and also the ones I, I know if you're listening to this podcast you must speak pretty good English I know I talk really quickly but I did find some interesting examples that were just different from country to country mm -hmm. uh, the first one well my my family my dad's side of the family is from South Africa and my grandma always called us puppet. And I didn't know if she was saying puppet, like with a U. Uh, but I guess I've, I found the term, it's puppet with an O. I don't even know what that means, but that's what my grandma always called us. She's, oh, puppet, <laughs> you know, come here. Yeah, so. I've never I've never heard that term. No? Um, <laughs> no, yeah. like unless you're talking about a, like with a U, puppet, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, not with an O. So another example is that in Australia, people will say, uh, people will call each other possum, which I guess, um, well, we, we think of a possum in a very specific way in, in, the, in the Northeast of the yeah. United States, but I know Australian possums are different, but I don't know if they're, I, I guess they're cute, like a lot cuter because I don't think we would ever think of using possum as a, uh, no. as a term of endearment. Yeah, and then in England, mostly the same, but they will say, just love on its own, like not my love, just love, you know, hand me that, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Pet, which, yeah, we wouldn't say that. And then duck, that one surprised me. Uh, I'm yeah. not good at accents, so I'm not really going to try and do them in a British accent, but 
Duck seemed kind of interesting to me. Hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I, in Polish, we use frogs. So what? What? Can yeah, you, really... you can't judge. Yeah, and then um, in England and Scotland, people will use "we" as a diminutive. Um, yeah. So in in front of just a wee uh, lad. Yeah, a, <laughs> a wee little lad. boy. Yes. <laughs> And that that way, because in English we don't really do diminutives by alternating the word itself. Right. So that's one way we get around it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're not going to focus on English anymore. Sorry, uh, there's probably a <laughs> podcast out there that can focus on English. So yeah. we're more interested in all the other languages and kind of comparing. So we're going to tell you what the word is and then what it means, because, you know, sometimes it's going to be funny. All right. Yeah. So classic, start us off. The most classic we'll start is uh, mi amor in Spanish, mm -hmm. which, or you could say mon, mon amour, amour. Mm -hmm. in French. Or, or habibi in Arabic. Or, yeah, or hubby, right? Hubby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I, I Yeah, so hubby comes from the verb to love, and then habibi as well from the verb to love. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's kind of the first classic one, my love. Or similar to that, uh, mon chéri, ma chérie, darling, or cariño. Uh, I like Spanish that Yeah, I, I like cariño. That's a really, that's yeah, that, one of my favorite Spanish words, actually. That re sounds really nice, cariño. Mm -hmm. um, and then you could say, in Polish, you could say kochanie. I overuse that. You can use that for for whether it's, you know, your, your partner or your kid, I think for just about anyone. And it means sweetheart or darling. Right, yeah. And we were talking before we started recording that it comes from the verb to love, kochach. Um, which is similar to the Spanish verb querido or querida, which comes from querer, um, to love. So that we kind of just lumped, lumped them together just to kind of have our notes yeah. have some sort of order to them. And then one of my favorite examples in our list is from um, the language of the Ottawa people, of the Native Americans. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I've only seen it written uh, and never seen a pronunciation guide. So we're, we're, we apologize for that, but it's gdab. Um, mm -hmm. which we have spelled as G-D-A-B in our notes, mm -hmm. Yeah, which also means beloved. Right. So I'm sure there's many more examples if we had done maybe more thorough research to find um, some more Native American languages. Alas, mm -hmm. next time we'll have to yeah. <laughs> dive deeper. Uh, we do have a lot of notes for you guys, though, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, all right. The next two are in Korean, so I'll do my best. Ainin, uh, which is sweetheart. And the one I've heard a lot more is yobo. Um, so even my husband knows what this one means because when I was learning Korean, I would always call him yobo just <laughs> as a joke. Um, okay. So yeah, the first one is sweetheart. The second one's like darling or honey. Um, and from what I understand, both of those are like gender neutral. So you can use them with either. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yobo. Yeah, just like honey. You know, you could put, you could use that with either person. Mm-hmm. So the, the next um, set of words we have starts with Russian, and it's Jizinmaya, Vida, Vitamia, Hayati, and Yaomri. So all of those words mean my life. Um, the last one, Yaomri, also means uh, age. The word Omri is um, for age, but they use it in the sense of like my life, because, you know, your age is kind of how long you've lived. So th those are related. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty classic calling someone, not in English, we would never say my life, <laughs> hand me the phone, but in other languages, it's very popular. Yeah, I need and, to do more Arabic. It's, yeah, Arabic's beautiful. It's such a great language for poetry and for, um, for these terms. Mm. Yeah, oh my gosh, Arabic poetry is on another level. 
Mm -hmm. we should mention, when you write Arabic and Latin script, you have numbers. So uh, the last example, Ya Omri, has the, the number three. So I know you were like, why are they writing with, with numbers? But it's to show different sounds. So Arabic speakers are very used to this when they type things out, if they're using the Latin script. Mm -hmm. They just have these certain numbers that represent yeah. their sounds. So it's, yeah, that's a whole nother topic. Then we have, I'll, I'll try it in Italian, which is tesoro. Mm -hmm. Scarbian. Okay. And the last one's Gaelic. These are all to mean um, treasure. And astor, I don't know how to- I how don't, to... but I, I will de def deflect from it by including that in Polish, it's, it, you could say skarbia, but you could also say skarbku, skarbeczku, skarbiku, skarbiczku, skarbenku, skarbuniu, skarbusiu, skarbuszku, skarbush. The last one probably is much, it's more masculine. The other one's maybe feminine, but also neutral. But yeah, that's another example of Polish love of diminutives. So many. It's so rich. Yeah. All right. So that is the first category, which we decided to call the classic ones. As you can see, they were the same words used in a lot of different languages. And just kind of, most of them are kind of neutral. Might, not necessarily the case uh, from here on out. Right. And these might not be, sometimes they're the most classic, mm -hmm. like Kohanya was the first diminutive I learned for Polish. You know, before I had kids, I didn't use anything but that, interestingly. But then when you have kids, mm -hmm. I don't know, I just heard more and used more. Uh, these yeah. next ones, yeah, they get a little more specific. So the first category is going to be animals. I'm pretty sure in Polish, you can use just about any animal and someone probably has um but we'll start we'll, we'll give an, a, a little nod to british english by saying that um as we as we've mentioned duck but you could mm -hmm. also say ducky or hen hen well and that's probably just to women but i'm not positive positive. and in portuguese um let me see if i can pronounce this uh ursolina means my little bear uh, so that's a cute one yeah and then in german you could say moisebear which means a mouse bear you know, so, <laughs> they're cute and adorable, but also you want to cuddle with them like a bear. Hmm. Mouse, yeah. bear. That's that's definitely pretty unique. Although German likes to combine words, right? That's pretty yeah, typical. That's, I guess that's another example of that. Yeah. Right. Uh, Zaya, which is um, Russian for a hare um, or, you know, a rabbit. Mm -hmm. One is in Thai, and I will do my best. Um, Chang Noi which means little Chang elephant. Noi. And that's interesting because, right, there's a lot of elephants in Thailand. So kind of makes yeah. sense. The animals you see are the animals that you're going to use. So like but, elephant in Thailand, you know, hares in Russia. Yeah. Mouse and bear. I mean, that's a really interesting combination, but I'm sure you would see those in Germany. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in Polish, we do that as well, where we could say uh, Mishu, which which almost is more like Pooh Bear or like Teddy yeah. Bear. Yeah, like you a, know, so yeah, you could say. Cute. Yeah, Mishu, Mishaku, Mishachku, Mishku, Mishushu. Because there's a different word for bear. There's the Niedźwiecz, which is like a bear. But kids learn the word Mish. It's shorter. Yeah, and also all the kid cartoon characters that are bears, they're all Mish. They're all Mishe. They're not Niedźwiecz. Yeah, Niedźwiecz is like scary sounding, like an actual bear you would find in the woods. Yes, but we could also say... In Polish, some other ones that people use are kotku, which is a kitten, or rybko, which is a fish. Um, and then uh, maybe you use this one, tigrisku. Do you use no, that one? No, I've never no. called my kids tigrisku. I should. They're, mm. they're wild like tigers. But um, yeah. yeah, so these are all like little 
little animal. Um, and Mishko, sometimes I say that, um, which is little mouse, it's my daughter. Yeah. So animals is one category, but a second category, bugs. We didn't have as many, <laughs> but there's some, there's some good ones. Um, the classic for French, the classic example is mapuse, which is my flea. That's and an interesting I one. Don't have a good explanation for that. It yeah. just is. <laughs> but Hungarian has your back by saying bogarkam, uh, which is like my little bug, yeah. or perhaps even beetle. Yep. And Spanish also uses the word bicho, which is bug. Um, that's, I mean, at last, that one at least sounds kind of cute. Uh, and then Polish uh, also uses it by saying robaczku, little mm -hmm. bug. Yeah. And I've never heard anyone say that but i did see it on a television series when i was you know first learning and we were watching a series and i was like did she just call him a bug and the kids were yeah. in an orphanage so i was like wait a minute oh yeah yeah <laughs> like i was I, confused I how you will yeah you, yeah you could think of it as being a negative term yeah like she was a worker in the orphanage and like yeah, yeah. i was like wait what oh, yes. <laughs> and he was like but, no yeah. it just just means my little bug i'm like oh, yeah. is that a good thing <laughs> Right. So the, <laughs> even if you translate it, that doesn't help if you're like, no, it just means my little bug. So that yeah. still leaves you with questions if you're an English speaker. Exactly. Okay, let's move on to body parts because there's a lot of these. Yeah. Um, are we just narcissistic that we're going to like use our bodies? <laughs> I don't know. This is kind of a weird. But maybe budget. because it's important to us. So if you say to someone, you know, corazón. Mm. Um, yeah, my heart. <laughs> yeah. Mon, mon coeur in French is also yeah. my heart like um, you are my heart Dushko, you're the most important yeah. yeah the most important thing you know i need my heart to live yes so that's that's important to you and also the um it's not surprising considering the connection between heart and uh perceived love and um mm, or true. i mean as a representation of love you know. very true um so yeah so you could say serdushko in polish and also you know seven other ways um we don't have to do all of those again <laughs> no you can say this Another related, well, kind of related that we need to live is um, mon souffle. So in French, my breath. Yeah, I've never heard that one. But again, I have not had a lot of romantic experience in France. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Arabic gives, and I wish oh, yeah. I could um, I'll try and do these if them, you'd like. But, yeah, but yeah the, I really like these. All right. So um, yeah, these are the, they're very poetic. So interuch albi um, or kalbi, depending on where you um what region uh so inta is you ruh is like the soul and then alvi or karvi is my heart so mm -hmm. you are the soul of my heart <laughs> that's just beautiful yeah Aruach, uh you are my veins again vital <laughs> mm -hmm. and again i haven't uh studied arabic in a while and i'm reading the the transliteration so i apologize if i'm butchering these uh and inta nur ayuni so you are the light of my eyes. In the balcony scene of Romeo and Juliet, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. He compares Juliet to like the two bright stars in the sky. Like they uh, they don't shine as brightly as your eyes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's 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 a similar idea. Yeah, except we lost it centuries ago, and Arabic has kept it well yeah. and alive. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't quite quote it off yeah. the top of my head as well. Actually, as to. all of these examples almost are from Arabic, so they're very fond of this category. Mm -hmm. So this one was interesting. Uh, and Habibi Kalbi or Habibi Alvi. Um, so that's like the love of my heart. So you can combine, you know, all these different words, <laughs> different yeah. ways. Really interesting. 
And then Gaelic has my pulse, but I don't, we can try our best to say this. No. Gaelic, Gaelic isn't is pronounced the way it's written, but Gaelic says my pulse, which is similar to veins, which is vital for life. So mm -hmm. these are all very nice. It's not like yeah. you're calling someone my stomach or something. <laughs> it's all the nice body parts. <laughs> Is it just Polish or do we say it in English too? That, that's the issue I get sometimes is that um, expressions, I think they're in one language, but they're actually in the other. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but we, in Polish, we say so mm -hmm. through, the, yeah, through they, the stomach to the heart. Uh, the way to a man's stomach is through his heart. Yeah, we, there it is. I we it say was... it specifically about men, like yeah. meaning women, like you need to learn how to cook to feed your husband or something. I don't know. Yeah, but we think Polish just sounds more equal, but it's actually even less equal because it's just so understood that it's about- They don't even have to specify. Man. You don't even have to specifically say a man's yeah. stomach. It's, just, it's obvious. <laughs> so yeah. Right. So food is our next category. And this one's also pretty rich, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> huh. Right, we say rich food, food tastes rich, right? I, or is that I just in Spanish? You're going with that. No, <laughs> that's that, how I thought of it. Like la comida is rica. Like yeah, you can say this about food, right? It's rich. It's like yeah, in English, full of not taste. A, yeah, in okay. Polish, you wouldn't say it like that. No, never. <laughs> Although you you would say like if it's bogata jedzenia, that would imply like a variety of foods. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, yeah but honey is one that we we say in uh, a lot, and then. <laughs> sugar pie sugar like, pie yeah this do is you like use that <laughs> well I there's the song that in my life there's that song sugar pie honey bunch no you don't know that song <laughs> i know the song I'm i don't know that i sang it well now i've sung it on the air um pumpkin is kind of a well classic one and i remember teaching it to my uh french students my little french elementary students and being like we say the word pumpkin and they were like, what? Like once I translated, you know, yeah. they're like, what? <laughs> um, and I was like, well, you guys say weird stuff too. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine like if somebody tried to say that in Polish, like to, to someone, Moja dinio, my my pumpkin, you're my pumpkin. I mean, yeah. it, the, the word itself just doesn't in Polish, dinia does right. not lend itself to be used as a, as a term of endearment. Yeah, so people might be shocked to hear that pumpkin but yeah, it's very, it's, it's very cute sounding like, oh, pumpkin, like what happened? Did you bump your head? Like, oh, yeah, it's totally normal <laughs> to say. Yeah. In Italian, you can say uh, fragolina, and I'm sure I'm butchering that, but my little strawberry, that's fragolina. cute. I like that. I really like that one. Yeah. Um, and then in Turkish, you could say, uh, well, I think it's fistic, mm -hmm. but yeah, something close to I that. I haven't which... looked it up. Yeah. Which is a pistachio. Mm -hmm. Which, it could be prized I, over there, right? Yeah, I mean, you can see the connection between where the food is coming from and, and you know, what you call, like, using that food there. Mm -hmm. uh, pistachio is much more, I, I think, in every, like, much more common than they would be, like, in Poland. Mm -hmm. You don't grow them. Uh, right, exactly. Um, yeah. Another Turkish one was, oh, gosh, um, Patlikanim. Uh, which means my eggplant or my aubergine gave this example, said it's more of a pun because there's the word kanim, which literally means my soul um, and translated as like darling usually. So people have kind of added this beginning patlikanim just to make it like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I found that, that very creative. I like that. Yeah. And finish one of my 
favorite languages, uh, they say muru, which means a breadcrumb, mm. which is also a little sweet right, or very... a little like as in, you know, cute. Yeah, it's very small. But... However, as a mom of two toddlers, that is the last thing I want to call. Like, I'm so sick of breadcrumbs all over breadcrumbs my house. Breadcrumbs all over the place. But uh, I always thought it was it was cabbage because the word shoe means cabbage. But mm -hmm. uh, doing research for this, I found out it actually refers to a dessert. The French desserts all have their own name, you know, like um, an éclair means a lightning bolt. Um, so like they have names that mean other words, but yeah, people called Mon Petit Choux, they were thinking about the sweet dessert, this pastry, not right. okay. like a head of cabbage. Another French one is Mon Saucisson, which is my sausage. I Again, I'm not a native French speaker and I haven't heard these used, but I guess the word kind of sounds nice. It has this saucisson. little ring, saucisson, like a little, you know, alliteration going on. So yeah, it, it it's not spelled anything like it, but there is no. some similarity to sausage in English, like <laughs> yeah, the saucisson. Soul, yeah, yeah, saucisson, yeah. Uh, wow. And a Dutch example, dropje. <laughs> I think that's how they say. Um, I'm pretty sure the ending there is like a diminutive to make little. Uh, mm -hmm. Is little licorice. And mm. I hate licorice. Oh, I was just going to ask you because I hate, I hate licorice. Yeah, as well. I detest it. And then um, going back to Spanish, you could say frutita, which means mm. little fruit, which is a nice one. But then That's you could cute. also say albondiga, mm -hmm. which is meatball. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, they could be cute and small and delicious. <laughs> Meatballs. Says the two vegetarians. Like... Yeah, <laughs> true. You're much more open-minded about meatball, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I've had some good veggie, vegetarian meatballs. I guess that's why I'm more mm. open-minded. Okay. All right, we're All right. on to our other category because I didn't know what to call these. What do you call a category that starts with microbino mio, which means <laughs> my little microbe? That is, yeah, I mean, it's a bit weird. I guess I, yeah. I could have put it in the weird category. Oh, it's Or other. the... Body? I mean, what is a microbe even? <laughs> it's, it's like a tiny organism. But microbe is a good example of a word that travels around because, you know, microbino in Italian, and we say microbe, and in, in mm -hmm. Polish, we say microbe. Right. Um, you know, yeah, it's very international. The, yeah. I don't know that you would call someone muy microbia in <laughs> Polish. That yeah. would be interesting. You guys uh, aren't as poetic as the Italians, I guess. Well, we just use animals. Yeah. <laughs> um, any and all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and the next one is uh, mi cielo, which is my sky in Spanish. And then in Russian, they say um, solnishko, which would mean like my sun. Mm -hmm. And we should have put Polish on here. You can say słoneczko. You can. I use uh, that a lot, actually. You can say it in many different ways, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, though. So the sun course it gives us light uh, light life everything and mm -hmm. yeah for a cold country like russia and like the northeast part of the u.s i love the sun so i use yes. that one uh and in arabic they say yeah kamar or um for my moon yeah, um, and i think there are countries that drop the the ka so yeah amar i would guess yeah, if um i think it's egypt that drops it but i'm not positive okay. so don't don't quote me yeah. on that and the moon but, have been not just in Arabic, but in many other um, languages as well. It's been used as a source of poetic inspiration for, mm -hmm. you know, lovers longing up for the moon and, and whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, and you can look at it. You can gaze at the moon longer than yeah. the sun. <laughs> Your eyes will start to hurt. Whereas you can, and nighttime is kind of lonely. During the day, you're busy, but at night, you're just kind of with your thoughts and missing people and looking at the same moon. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can see how both of those are terms of endearment, but I, I'm much more drawn to the moon personally. If I had to, even though I'm saying I use my sun a lot more in, in Polish. Yeah, well, in Polish, we don't use like Księżycu. Yeah, no. It, first of all, thank God, because that word always trips me up. <laughs> well, that would give you practice. Exactly. Yeah. No, I would just avoid it, obviously. This is what my best language learning tip is to just avoid. use a different word. Yeah, avoid the words that are difficult. Yeah. <laughs> use something else. So I would have just found a different word. In German, they'll say Liebling, which means favorite. Like or, my favorite, um, my number yeah. one. Oh, I like that. It's yeah. Nice. And, I mean, somehow I, I seem to remember learning it with the example of beer. So it'd be like, <laughs> mein Lieblingsbier. Oh. Um, but, but yeah. But we you all know also... what you did in your travels to Germany. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, drinking Ein Maas. Um, yeah. Which was like the liter size. Mm. Anyway. Uh, going back to Italian, and I'll do my best. Luce dei Medi Occhi. Um, it's my guess. Big apologies because that could be totally off, but light of my eyes. So I guess oh, that could have gone with the body. And I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the, the C-C-H-I correctly. Yeah, I don't remember. So I left it for you. Oh, thanks. I don't know either. So. Ochi or Occhi. Yeah. And then probably the, the favorite German example we have, or maybe second favorite German example we have, which is Schnucki Putzi, I think. Right? <laughs> That's adorable. Uh, which just connects like, you know, words for cute and sweet and smashes them together. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, it just sounds so great though. I can see why that would be a big hit. Schnucki mm putzi, -hmm. that's just <laughs> cute. Okay, we have an Indonesian example. And if you guys listened to the previous episode that we did like this, you know, we cannot pronounce Indonesian, but here we go. Yes. Yeah. We... <laughs> <laughs> Buah hatiku, which is Buah. fruit of my heart. So I guess these were other, because like they combined two things, like this was body and food. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't sure where to put it. So. Okay. Fruit of my heart. Yeah. Then, That's nice though. Fruit of yeah. my heart. I mean, it's kind of weird. I've never thought about the fruit. heart being edible. I don't know. Fruit is the best dessert anyway. Fruit of my heart. It's a healthy dessert. Yeah. And we can't really explain why these work in certain languages. It's maybe the sound is nice to them or. Yeah. You know, there's so many other reasons why languages choose to put two words like this together. Yeah. And then I don't know why I'm deciding to to take the Portuguese word, but I think it's paixão, I guess. Um, Sounds so paixão, nice. Yeah. Passion. Mm. Uh, so that South European passionate blood. Yeah, I do think of the Portuguese as being very passionate people. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take the last one? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't write, like, you didn't include the Russian in the notes. Uh, <laughs> I think it's... Um, Sorry. So in, in Russian, they also say wapashka. Um, Mm -hmm. but i think it's wapashka yeah it depends where i got the notes from so sometimes yeah. they had the original mm -hmm. script the original you know yeah. letters and sometimes they just had the transliteration which yeah i'm also not a fan of transliteration i think it's always better to learn the script and i'm sorry i didn't provide you the, that's why you were wanting me to read it yeah i guess i could have but i just i know you speak russian and i don't so that means little pa in rush in russian 
if I try and speak another Slavic language, I end up just speaking Polish. So, do do you remember how to say "little pa" in Polish? Wapet, wapka, wapeczka, wapka, wapuska, any of those. But is that w used wapetka. as a as a term of endearment? I mean, it is when you say like "come wash your hands." You can say like you know "chodźmy wapki." <laughs> that is true. They'll say that. Yeah. I don't necessarily like it though. No. Kids, yeah. yeah. Come wash, your, wash paws. your paws. You uh, you filthy animal. Come wash your paws. <laughs> well, yeah, you, I use it though because I don't know. In the diminutive though, so, but but in the kitchen, if you're trying to get food and your mom like, you uh -oh. know, puts pushes your hand away, they'll mm -hmm. say like "gdzie wapami," so mm. like, where are you going with those paws? But using it <laughs> and not in the diminutive. Yeah. Uh, so you know you're in trouble when it's not diminutive. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. I've definitely heard that more. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I will use the wapki like to the kids just to change it up and rather than like ronchki. I mean, which it is, is cute. Yeah. yeah. And ronchki doesn't sound as cute. No. I mean, it's cuter than rense. It has, it's the diminutive of that. So yeah. There's no, too I, many layers. Yeah. There's too many. This is like a Polish is this crazy onion of never ending layers of diminutives. Like yeah, when I but, think I've learned them all, there's like, oh no, there's seven more that come after that. Sure, three of them you just invent on the spot. But yeah. but it, what I'm saying is that the word wapka, if you forget the meaning for a second, just sounds cuter than the word ronchka, I think. Ah, uh, okay, okay. But but because their meanings are swapped in in this, you know, mm -hmm. example of this, yeah. Before we get back to my discussion with Marcin, I want to say a big thank you to Yoshito, Itai, Eliza, and her husband Arjun, who took the time to send me in some recordings. So I'm going to play those for you now. Thank you all so much. Enjoy. Hi, Heather. Uh, so for endearment uh, expressions in French, you have like mon chaton, which means my kitten, uh, mon poussin, which is my chick, uh, mon canard, which is a bit more rare, to be honest, but it means my duck. And the one that I find the most strange is ma puce that you mentioned in your, in your post. Uh, ma puce means my flea. I don't see at all why <laughs> they had the idea of, of using this uh, because it's an insect that's not really cute. Um, yeah, but these are also four terms we have in French. Hi, Heather, it's me. I would love to contribute some terms of endearment uh, in Hebrew. Uh, when I first read or heard the, the message, I thought we were talking about the film, and then I reread it and saw Valentine's Day, terms of endearment. There are <coughs> actually two that I can think of. Motek comes from the word matok, which means sweet. So motek, uh, if you're talking to a, to a man, you would say motek meaning sweetheart, and then if you're talking to a woman, it would be metuka. Uh, so there's a difference there in, in gender and ending and pronunciation. There's also chamud and chamuda. It means uh, dear one. Chamud, uh, if you're referring to a guy, and chamuda, if you're referring to a woman, right? To say I love you, since Valentine's Day seems to be the holiday of love, 
somehow. <laughs> no, I know how, but it, it it's just interesting how it gets marketed that way. It's if I speak to a if a man speaks to a woman, it's ani ohev otach. Again, ani ohev otach. And if a woman speaks to a man, ani ohevet otcha. Ani ohevet otcha. Namaskaram. Hello, my name is Eliza and I'm from America. My mother tongue is English and my husband Arjun is from Kerala. His mother tongue is Malayalam. So today him and I are going to be talking about the um, terms of endearment that are used in Malayalam. So Arjun, uh, what are some things that your mom would say to you growing up or your family members would use? Um. My mom, mom and dad, um, they'd call me Mone, of course, Lave. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, Mone and Lave. So Mon is son and Vava is baby. So when we call out to someone, we change it to have an E ending. So it'd be, oh, Mone, Evrea, where are you? Or Lave, Kaikyuna, did you eat? So um, these are some of the terms of endearment. Now for more romantic or couples based terms of endearment heard as chakra Chak- yeah you call out as chakra uh, i reckon it means jaggery or something sweet mm-hmm. it's equivalent to sweetheart mm-hmm. and one that i really like is mute which is coming from pearl pearl yeah, yeah. and then there's also one for um liver Karale. and um uh, but it's not as often used right it's more poetic um and Perhaps it was used more often in the past. Yeah, I think that a lot of languages like Arabic and all have something similar where they have the liver or... or... Arabic has kibde. <laughs> yeah. So... Kidney. So those are the words that we'd like to share from Malayalam as terms of endearment. Thanks so much for this opportunity. Have a great day. We are now at the official weird, aka original. So the first one, Yabeti, uh, my home, my house. That's, uh, that's in Arabic. Arabic just has great examples, even if they're ones that we don't associate with. But like, they yeah. don't have like you know, like in Polish we'll say "bombelku," which means you know, little bubble. Yeah, uh, I was talking with my husband about it, and he said it can be a little bit offensive. Like he said, he had a teacher call a kid "bombelku" in school, mm-hmm. um, and like you know, when kids are above a certain age, he said it was kind of mean, like you know, a kid who was like bigger than average. Yes. Um, so you have to be careful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're so, using it for your um, partner, it might right. be better than if you're using it for, especially if they're not your own kids. Exactly. And like, yeah, like we would call our daughter that because she was just this chubby little thing. Um, mm. And it was cute. But like, yeah, I would say there's a certain age when kids should graduate out of these. Yeah. <laughs> and babies are supposed to be round anyway. Right. Exactly. Bombelki. Yeah. Um, and then we also say bjadalu, which we've kind of covered in the, in the... Why do you call people ugly? Um, <laughs> Why is that a cute form of endearment? I, I guess because of the... Um, like I'm obviously the... joking, calling you ugly. Right. It's, it's, the, it's the irony that you okay. mean the opposite of, of what it is. Um, mm. So you could say like bjadalu for a man or bjadalku, which is the diminutive form. Um, mm-hmm. And then you could say bjadulo or... Which is maybe for a woman, but then you could also say like Bjadulu, which is definitely mm. a masculine form. Yeah, it doesn't sound nice. Um, <laughs> it's getting yeah. worse. 
but but you you know so maybe you have to be really careful with like making sure that somebody is not somebody is very comfortable with their looks before using that right Use them for your partners not yes. for anyone else yeah we're just telling you interesting facts we're not giving you words yeah. you should be taking out into the world and using yeah. uh, in this section at least so um, Miguel, who was someone I met at the Polyglot Conference um, and have become friends with. So he is um, Mexican Spanish and he gave us the example of mi vieja, um, which is like my old woman. Mm. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of an interesting example. We, he said specifically, you do? Yeah, stara. Huh. Yeah, okay. I don't see it as very cute. <laughs> no, so he said you could, you know, refer to like, you're referring to your your wife in a conversation like oh mi vieja dijo, whatever like my wife said i have to do something mm -hmm. yeah yes. i don't know hmm. my old woman but it, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like in in english if you would say like my old man for your for your dad for your father mm -hmm. true but yeah. you, you wouldn't necessarily maybe say it for your husband but right because there's only the one father years. yeah uh, and spanish also can use the word gordo gorda and of course, you can make it cuter, like gordito, gordita, um, which mm. means like a fat person, like fatty, but like it's, it can be nice. <laughs> not, yeah. The word English fatty is not usually. <laughs> no, we, we can't. We've uh, fat shamed too much in English too. And in Flemish, a language that not only have I not studied, but also not heard. I think it's, it's like mein boleke. Mein boleke, so, my we, little round thing. Mm -hmm. So kind of similar to gordo, gorda. Mm -hmm. And mein pupie which is like, like my little poop, my little poopsie in Dutch. Uh, and people were saying this was very common in Dutch. Um, so it's kind of famous, infamous, I don't know, hmm. <laughs> that they use this word. Yeah. I didn't come across any other languages that use the word for poop <laughs> in uh, a term of endearment. As a term of endearment, no. Mm -hmm. But the Dutch don't stop there because they'll also say, um, I think it's siete. Uh, or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Which means like little fart. Is, yeah, I guess they have a good sense of humor out, up in the Netherlands. Or down they in the do. Netherlands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, you studied Danish, so take it away. It, I think it's just scat, uh, which means like treasure, which we've had in the in at the beginning, but it also means taxes. That's yeah, <laughs> maybe just a coincidence. I'm sure they don't mean taxes when they're. <laughs> but I found that to be an interesting little tidbit of information yeah i mean unless they try to mean like you cost me a lot yeah well that could be true i could say that to my children as well so we did say that japanese doesn't use these but at the same time i found an example and it was pretty unique so um tamago gata no kao something like that means um egg with eyes so the person who explained this one said it's a very nice compliment because if you have an oval egg-shaped face in japan that's seen as a very attractive shape mm. um so you're like an egg with eyes that's i guess I a very yeah i know the word tamago because of sushi sometimes has tamago, tamago is <laughs> yeah wait, that means egg. it's um yeah like it's just like scrambled egg it's sushi. really good and my host mom or made eggs. me this tamago yeah it's just i don't know what they mix like soy sauce or something in it to make it it's mm. kind of like a like an omelet texture mm. okay so the next one is um, maybe one of my favorites. Another favorite is um, mm. the German word um, Honigkuchenpferd, um, which well, literally means honey cake horse. So Honig is the word for honey. Kuchen mm -hmm. uh, means cake. And then Pferd 
um, is horse. Wow. Uh, but it's what's interesting is that Honigkuchen literally means honey cake, but it's it's gingerbread. So for Christmas, mm -hmm. if you're making, I think we 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 make like gingerbread houses, right? Or we we yeah. buy those, but or men. Germany, but in Germany, they'll make gingerbread into the shape of a horse. Um, hmm. So it's a holiday treat and you, you know, you don't want to eat a sad horse. So you put a smile on the horse. Um, so you, you, you can, they'll say like, you're smiling like a, like a Honig Kuchenpferd. Yeah. Hmm. So like you're like radiant or, or. Um, ah, happy. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't be happy? I mean, who doesn't like gingerbread? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it makes you think of a favorite holiday um, treat or tradition. Yeah. Hmm. You're going to be happy. It's that a makes good me word. Wonder if there's other terms of endearment like specifically it's related to a time of year, a season. Yeah. Like a holiday. That's that's very specific. Mm -hmm. That made nice. its way into this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll try Persian. So let's see. This is mush bahoradet, maybe. Uh means uh -huh. may a mouse eat you. I guess mice are small. So like you must be so small, a mouse could eat you, maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's I don't know. I haven't heard it. Um, but mm. also an interesting one comes from Tibetan, which is um, so also I, I will do what I can. Um, Ningdu la. Ningdu la. Mm -hmm. I'm mm. sure that is very far from the pronunciation. <laughs> it means most honored poison of my heart. Oh, I was okay with the most honored. Yeah. <laughs> and the heart. And then my heart is good. Yeah. I Why the poison? Oh, it's um, like you're killing me. Like, oh, you're killing me. Like, yeah, uh, like you're torturing me. I'm so in love with you. <laughs> I, I guess, um, but also, you're very honored. Mm. And we don't have notes if these are like just for, you know, romantic partners or what. But I have a feeling we're getting more into like, you don't use these with your kids. Yeah, maybe. And, uh, true, <laughs> I I would say so as well. And yeah. also, be, maybe some of these are, you know, they're not serious in the same way like they they might be used jokingly sure um yeah we don't have the, the cultural background unfortunately um yeah so if you do know what these terms are and we're totally saying nonsense just write me an email <laughs> and i will publish something on the next podcast episode mm -hmm. uh all right the last one in this category is Baburne, uh which in arabic means may you bury me that's incredible. I, yeah, that's that's deep. And Zaina, who gave me all the Arabic examples, pretty much, I'm pretty sure. Uh, she, I'm going to quote her, said, "This is very indicative of love and even deep passion." Mm -hmm. So, because you're saying, "I want to spend the rest of my life with you." Yeah, true. May you bury me. Well, like, you could just <laughs> say that. Like, why do you have to talk about the actual, like, digging the hole, putting me underground? Well, that's a lot. There's a lot more emotion because th there's that very strong negative ending. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. But if you, yeah, want to try these out on your, the loves of your lives <laughs> this Valentine's maybe. Day, let us know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my favorite um, things on this episode is uh, the fun fact we have now <laughs> um, is the word bay. Um, so explain, explain Bay, because this is like a weird new thing in the U.S. that there's lots of people who that, listen to this podcast that are not from the United States. 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't know anything about it. You don't? Um, okay, so Bay is like yeah. slang from high schoolers. Before anyone else, I believe is what the letters quote unquote stand for. So like mm -hmm. your Bay is like, it's like your number one, like your Oh, I didn't person. know that's what it you didn't? stands for. Oh, okay. I just knew it means like, you know, your- Your um, significant other. Your babe. No, um, I think it's supposed to mean before yeah, anyone else, before anyone like else. the person you put first. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, that sounds much better than just saying bae. Yeah, I thought it was maybe like a, you know, change of babe or something. Like That's what passed. I thought, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what I, so I, now I like this fun fact a little less because it's kind oh, of Oh, sorry. But also I was telling Heather that inviting me on this episode is kind of like asking Grinch to talk about the joys of Christmas. Oh. So, so I like the way we end is that bay is the Danish word for poop. So go. think of that every time you use it. Yes, all you teenagers. So we hope that that was an interesting dive into a whole bunch of random facts that mean nothing. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, they mean something. But yeah, we wish everybody a very happy Valentine's Day, however you choose to celebrate and be safe, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. We're in a pandemic, people. But on a happier note, we really hope you do have a great Valentine's Day. So to wrap up, we thought we could say the phrase I love you in a bunch of different languages. Oh, gosh. Or right. try. Okay. In Polish, we say kocham cię. Okay. And te amo is Spanish. And then ti amo in Italian. And je t'aime in French. Okay. I skipped. Um, I know. In German, we say, well, in German, they say, ich liebe dich. And then, okay. In Russian, yeah. oh, I know this one. You have to be a blue. Oh, good. Because you didn't even write it in the Latin script. No, no, I just know it yeah. <laughs> for some uh, reason. And then in Turkish, they say, seni seviyorum. Uh, in Korean, it's saranghyo, which is the standard, not mm. overly polite and not informal. In Vietnamese, it's anyuem. Hmm. Sounds good. Uh, in <laughs> Japanese, uh, anata ga deski And then in Hindi, um, it's metum se pyar cartoon. Mm, that sounds really nice. Um, so I hope it's in a, a good approximation. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take Greek. Se uh, agapo. I like that one. Se agapo. Yeah. yeah, Greek and is such a also, beautiful language. Yeah. And we also have Javanese. Um, as a nod to the Indonesian Javanese false mm -hmm. cognates that we had. Uh, so I will try. Aku tresna sampeyan. And there's so many more languages that we could include, but hey, uh, yeah. we don't know them all. We wanted to give a little overview of uh, a few languages from a, a few different places. Yes. So we hope you enjoyed our little episode on terms of endearment and few ways to say I love you in different languages. Thank you much and for all your help. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. All right. That is all for this crazy episode. We hope that it was entertaining and at the least that it brought a smile to your face. If you are enjoying this podcast, please do share it. Please leave us a review, a rating, anything like that is very helpful to help us grow our community. And you guys are so important to us. Having people who listen, people who reach out and let us know that they enjoy the episodes means the world to us. So thank you for that. We really do appreciate it. 
and we wish everyone a great weekend, a great rest of February, and we'll be back with another episode soon. Take care.